0: News Talk 580 CFRA presents The Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchifero. Alex is indeed ready to roll skulls here as well. And, uh, we are going for it this week. We got a lot of stuff to get through. Termination for cause will be the topic for today. And of course, your phone call, 613 521 talk Those lines already open, ready for you. Feel free to call through with your employment questions, uh, comments, anything you don't know about or are unsure about what we discussed over the next hour. Feel free to chime in and, uh, and have your say. Those and some emails hopefully coming up here in just a bit. The email address anytime, help at com, and uh, severancepaycalculator.com as well. We will get to that in just a little bit. But we always start with a little feature we like to call the week that was. uh, What do you got for us, Alex?
1: That's right, John. Thank you very much. Great to to be here as usual. A real pleasure. Uh, As you said, we're live on the air in Ottawa for the entire hour taking your calls, talking employment law, talking workplace rights, anything to do with your job. You are in the right place. We are here to chat. We are here to talk. Uh, maybe you've lost your job and you've been offered a severance package. Maybe you've lost your job. You haven't been offered a severance package. That's what we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, Maybe you're having any other kind of dispute with your employer. You're being harassed at work. Uh, yep. Some sort of dispute's going on. Well, you're in luck. Uh, listen in over the next hour. We're going to be talking about all of it. Give us a shout if you want to talk. We're ready to answer any questions you have and, and talk about what's going on in your workplace. Um, you know, uh, It's extremely important, John. Everybody needs to know about their employment. Uh, rights, everybody needs to know what options and solutions they have in the workplace when they 're dealing with a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. A situation like that can take over your life uh john and so it 's extremely important. we spend the majority of our time you know working and in the work environment, and you know despite our best efforts, problems arise, things happen in the workplace, and you need to know how to handle those kinds of situations. Our law is there to protect employees it 's actually quite strong in ontario it 's quite favorable to employees. So, uh, you know, and we're here to help people resolve those workplace problems. And as you mentioned, uh, to get us started, to get us warmed up, uh, we uh, talk every week about a couple of situations that came across uh, my desk uh, here in Ottawa. Uh, First situation, John, uh, I'll tell you about, involved the person who called me. He was actually just curious. He had uh, had a question about overtime pay. He had been working uh, at his job for about a year and a half. Uh, He wanted to know uh, whether it was okay that he wasn't receiving any overtime pay. And the, one of the first thing he mentioned is, "Well, I'm a manager, so I don't think I'm, I'm I'm owed overtime pay." He was working about 50 hours a week, and and you know, as you probably know, and as most of our listeners out there know, any hours over 44 hours per week should be uh, provided as overtime pay at time and a half. Uh, and so you know, initially when he said, well, I'm a manager and so I probably don't, don't qualify for it, th- that was my refo- response at first. It says, well, yeah, actually uh, under the Employment Standards Act, managers are exempt from receiving overtime pay. So if you really are a manager, you can work over, for over 44 hours a week and you're not going to be receiving any overtime pay. Whether you're salaried or, or uh, an hourly uh, wage worker, again, if you're a manager, you're, you get paid for those hours, but you don't get any right. overtime pay. You don't get time and a half. And and so that's how the conversation started. But then you know we, we continued the conversation as we got into it a little bit more, and I was asking more questions. It actually uh, it, he told me he was in sales uh, and that his position was account manager, and and that rung a bell with me because you know we we you know speak to people every day, and so I typically know that an account manager. Isn't actually a manager. It's just a a fancy way of saying you're a salesperson. So, so as we got more and more into the conversation, it turns out this guy wasn't. It wasn't a manager. He had no ability to hire and fire employees. He had no management authority, or he wasn't managing a group of employees. He was an account manager in name, but he was effectively a non-managerial employee. Now to their to their benefit, the, his employer was taking the position that, well, no, you are a manager. You're you know, the name manager is in your title, so you're not owed overtime. How convenient for the employer, of course. Yeah, right. And so relying on that title, you know, his employer was taking the position that, that he doesn't get overtime pay. So that's when I said, Well hold on a sec. Now now we've got a problem. Wait a second here, if you're not you know if you're not a real manager, it doesn't matter what your title is, it doesn't matter that the actual word manager is in your title if you're not really a manager in practice, in actual substance, then you get overtime pay. It's as simple as that, and, and, and I don't mean to downplay it, but it really is as simple as that. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, think of it, John. If, if you know an employee could just be called a manager for whatever reason, you could be, you know, a manager of flipping burgers. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean they don't get overtime pay simply because they have the name, the, the word manager in their title. So, you know, that yeah. obviously can't be the case. So. Uh, this guy hasn't been getting overtime pay for a year and a half, basically since he started there. Uh, the company has been withholding overtime pay this entire time. Whether they're doing it on purpose or not, we don't know yet, John. But you know, it's, suffice it to say that it's completely illegal. The Ministry of Labor would be all over a situation like this. So the the, the company's uh, in in a very very tough spot here. And you know, again, for our listeners out there, for uh, you know, for everybody tuning in, uh, overtime pay is generally earned over forty-four hours a week. It gets paid a time and a half. Again, doesn't matter if you're salaried or or paid by the hour; you still get overtime unless you're exempt. And the exemptions are very few and far between. The majority of employees out there are going to be entitled to receive overtime. Uh, and if you're you know, if you're a real manager. You may very well be exempt from receiving overtime pay. It's just the way it is. But this gentleman is certainly not a manager. Uh, and so, you know, he now has the option to pursue that overtime pay. And he's going to be thinking about whether he wants to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, an example to our to our employees out there, be cautious of what your employer tells them. I, I don't mean this cynically, but you can't mm-hmm. always trust your employer when it comes to these kinds of things. This gentleman literally reached out almost kind of blindly just for a quick question and it turned out that he's going to be able to now go back a year and a half and obtain overtime pay. That's probably going to be tens of thousands of dollars. So, you know, that was, that was a great decision on him
0: to reach out and make a call like that. So, it can, and now this is two things. This is one of the uh, cases where you can go to the Ministry of Labor because they will handle this. Not when it comes to your severance, but this way you can go to the uh, Ministry of Labor uh, in Ottawa. Number two, can he go back as far as what, two years? Generally, it's two years, tongues?
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. so th- he's yeah. only been employed for a year and a half, so that's as far gotcha. back as he could go, luckily for him. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, you can only go back two years when we're talking about uh, overtime pay. It's, it's what we call a limitation period uh, at
0: law. Okay, again, the number to call in, ask your question, 613 521. Talk. Call now. Lines are open for the remainder of the hour. What else you got going on, pal?
1: So, the second matter, uh, John, has to do with severance. It has to do with a, with a severance uh, package that I reviewed just this week. I actually spoke uh, with this very le- nice lady. Uh, I actually just spoke to her yesterday, so fr- Friday, uh, who unfortunately, after almost 10 years in her job, uh, got let go. She was given a couple of months notice of her termination. So she's, she's actually only ending uh, sometime in March. And then the company made her a severance offer on top of that. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this situation and, and talk to our listeners about this situation is that, you know, as, as employment lawyers, and as I just mentioned at the start of the show, you know, we, we handle all sorts of different kinds of employment law problems mm-hmm, yep. and, and disputes, right? Again, whether it's harassment, constructive dismissal, temporary layoffs, all of those are potentially problematic but the bulk of our work, John, as you know, is we re- negotiate reasonable severance package packages for our employees. Right. Um, and, you know, I like to give examples. And, you know, over the course of the past several weeks, I've, I've been giving examples of severance packages that we see day in and day out uh, and get into those examples Just to illustrate to our listeners not only the value that we provide in assessing a severance package and negotiating severance packages, but I I really want to give kind of concrete, real examples of the amounts of money that are at stake here. Money that, you know, as an employee, if you just get a severance offer and you sign off without getting proper advice, without speaking to an employment lawyer, you know, that's money that you're literally walking away from uh, if you simply just accept the company's first severance offer. So let's get into the specifics of of this lady's situation. So. Uh, Now, let's keep in mind, when we're talking severance, the way in which severance is calculated, it's going to be based on three main factors. It's going to be based on an employee's age, the position they held within the company, and their length of service. Those are the three main factors. And generally speaking, the older you are, the more senior your position within a company, and the longer you've been with the same company, the more severance you're going to get. It's as simple as that. So let's let's apply that logic to this lady's situation. So as I mentioned... She was with the company for almost 10 years, just over nine and a half years or so. Uh, she is 60 years of age uh, and she was working in a kind of finance manager, business analyst position. So it's kind of spent a, lot, a specialized position in finance. Um, and now when the company let her go, she was offered a package, a total package of six months, right? And, and hmm. most people in a situation like that, their initial reaction, most lay people, their initial reaction would be, hmm, six months, half a year, doesn't sound so bad. Uh, you know, the company probably knows what it's doing. They probably know they have to follow the law. So, you know, maybe I should just take that offer. Wrong, John. Absolutely wrong. As, as you know, as probably as m- most of our listeners by now know, uh, that is not the right way to do things. It's a no. very dangerous assumption to make. And here is why. This is a, a great example. Now, again, based on this very nice lady who was very friendly over the phone, based on her age, her specialized position, and her years of service, she's looking at a severance package easily, John, in the range of 12 months. Right? So 12 yep. months for a ten year employee, 60 years of age, uh, business analyst position, not six months, John, twelve. And, you know and that's double. so you know for, for anybody who can't do math, math out there, that's double what she was originally offered. And you know this lady was making quite a good income in the position that we, that she was in, such that the difference between what she was offered and what she is actually owed, again, the difference between that six months and that twelve months, is in the range of about 50 grand John Wow fifty thousand dollars wow and this is not an exaggerated situation this is actually the case that's not chum change John that is a down payment on a house big time and so you know again this is exactly why John every week on the radio show every week on the TV show we keep reminding employees we keep em- emphasizing to everyone out there be careful of accepting severance offers before getting advice from one of our lawyers. Employers will always try and get away with paying less. It could be done kind of purposely and, and cynically. It could be simply because they don't know the way the law works. And in a situation, you know, in a situation like this, we're talking about an employer paying less to the tune of fifty grand. So, you know, and, and again, that's a lot of money for anyone. Uh, I'm sure you wouldn't want to walk away from fifty grand. No kidding. Nor would I. Not today. Not tomorrow. Especially not when you know somebody's sixty and getting closer and closer to that retirement age. You know, every, every dollar counts, every bit of, of employment income counts in a situation like that. So, again, a word of caution and a word of advice for our employees. Make sure you get your severance packages reviewed by an employment lawyer.
0: Excellent start, sir. Alex Luchaferro is here for the remainder of the hour answering your questions. Lines, by the way, are open. Bring it on, 613-521-TALK, uh, here to answer your questions about your job, your severance, your employment, your boss, workplace harassment, doesn't matter. We covered all over the next hour. We will get a determination for cause in just a bit after we take a short break right here on the Employment Hour News Talk, 580 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchifero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we are just getting warmed up this hour, Employment Hour, right here, 613-521-TALK. That is the number to call now. Ask your questions. Love to have you on the show. Anything I uh, have you scratching your head about your employment, your severance, maybe your boss, maybe it's a case of workplace harassment or anything like that. Maybe you got a severance offer in front of you, you don't know what to do with it. Don't sign it, that's for sure, but you want to carry on and ask your questions here over the next hour. You can email as well, help at employmenthour.com. Uh, in that regard, we'll get to, uh, to Rachel, first call of the afternoon. Rachel, thank you so much for uh, for hanging on how are you
2: uh fine thank you okay, great what's I've, your concern um okay like, i've been trying to get a hold of you for a while but yeah i have a friend okay he um he ended up having shingles he's like 74 years old he worked at this place for like 18 years okay 18 years and they're trying to give him like eight hundred. um and it's a new owner right they're trying to give him like 800 dollars. you know what i mean and like, he wants to retire, but the thing is, he's never, he was off work, like, for six weeks, never got any money, mm-hmm. like, so, you know, he went um, behind in bills and stuff like that. Is it,
1: is, it, is his employer giving him a hard time about being off? Uh,
2: no, the thing is, is that they, they had changed his hours he was working, like, on the, um, you know, like, chopping, um, you know, fruits and stuff like that, one well, of the shingles they you know what he can't move and you know, so now they have him on the floor just walking around for eight and a half hours. I does not tell the time it takes him to get to work and back. So Fair enough. yeah, he like he's like seventy four years old and yeah.
1: yeah. So so a couple of things that, that spring to mind, uh Rachel, that that your friend probably needs to needs to know of and, and uh feel free to have him give us a call. Uh, and yeah. reach out to us, we'd be happy to chat and happy to meet with him if he's, if he's got uh, concerns and, and questions. Right. Uh, I mean, if the company is wanting to let him go, you know, as a 74-year-old employee, listen, I, I could tell you without even knowing how long he's been there and and what yeah, he does, yeah. that he's looking at more than $800 as, as a severance package, if that's exactly. what you meant. The, the other thing we've got to keep in mind is if he has to take time off, for whatever reason uh, related to kind of a medical leave of absence if you had shingles as you mentioned or something like that. I guess a couple of things, Rachel, number one, the employer has to allow him to take that time off, yeah. so they can't treat him differently because he has to take a medical leave of absence. But, but you're... have well, a question f- for you,
2: question for yeah, you. Yeah, and girl. let me just finish
1: my second point hey, just sure, very quickly, sure. because the, the second point would be the employer doesn't really have an obligation to pay him while he's off. So they don't have to keep paying his sal- salary if he's unable to work. They have to keep his position for him. They have to keep yeah. that position available to him, but he doesn't have to be paid during that time. And so again, you're, it sounds like your friend might need a bit of guidance in the situation.
2: Okay, a question: Like, couldn't he just take that time and like uh, vacation? Um,
1: if he's vac- if he's got the vacation accrued, sure. absolutely, he could take it as vacation okay, and get paid. Okay, yeah, so for sure. He, yeah. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. And if he needs more time than whatever vacation he's he's accrued or, or earned, then again, he could take that time off. It would be unpaid, as I mentioned. He can apply for for uh, employment insurance, what are called sickness benefits to kind of hold him over in the meantime. If he's got a disability insurance, Rachel, he can apply potentially for short term disability. It sounds like he might be back at work now. So, again, I, I don't know what yeah, the exact yeah. situation yeah, is, yeah. but, um, you know, a- any a- any concerns or as things move forward, if he gets let go. Um, you know, feel free to have him reach reach out to us, and, uh, and we'd be happy to chat.
2: Okay, actually, you're the best. You're the best. My and, pleasure, um, Rachel. Rachel nice the to best. You. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Rachel. Appreciate care. that. We're gonna uh, gonna let you go to move on. You want to call? It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Rachel one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That and help at employmenthour.com. Uh, moving right on, we got to uh, Chuvro. Chuvro, thank you for uh, for hanging on. How are you this afternoon?
3: I'm a good. Uh, this is Shubhra. How are you? Uh, How are you, Shubro? I'm good. How are you, sir?
0: Good. What's happening?
3: Uh, I listen to a program every, every week, and it's a fantastic Excellent. program and knowledgeable.
0: Thank you.
4: Very I nice have of a you to say
3: I'm working at this moment, uh, but mm-hmm. I was just wondering because PBS uh, was laid off for uh, 10 years ago, and uh, they said, okay, today. We are laying off everybody, and here is a paper, employment paper, and here is a paper for severance pay. You have to sign it. Mm-hmm. Do we have to sign on the spot in future if I ever have this kind of situation?
1: It's a it's a great question, Shubro, and it's a yeah. it's a very uh, commonly held uh, belief that's completely wrong. Uh, un- unfortunately, there's no obligation, Shubro, to to sign severance payer papers either on the spot. Or within three business days or within a week or within 10 days ultimately there is no real deadline when it comes to a severance offer the the law uh, allows you to resolve a workplace situation like that up to two years from the date that you were let go so if you're saying that you know ten years ago your employer let you go and had you, and forced you to sign severance papers on the spot, that was completely yeah. wrong of them to wrong. do. Okay. They shouldn't have done that. Now, unfortunately, because it was so long ago, there's nothing that could be done about the situation. But yeah. it, it's a great question, and so I'm glad that you reached out. And because it's a great lesson for everyone listening out yeah, there. Yeah, that's
3: why I want to you know. I mean, so what happened? Right. Happened in the past, exactly. The present time. In, in case something happened.
1: And, and for our well, listeners like out there, do not be intimidated into signing settlement uh, or severance documents just because your employer is asking you to either sign on the spot or sign within, again, three days or seven days or, or a week. Whatever the timeline is, take the time that you need to make sure you get advice in that situation and that you're getting the proper advice in that situation. You can ask the company for an extension. Uh, they, you know, every time that, that I've uh, done that on behalf of an employee, they've always agreed. Okay. Uh, you can also, quite frankly, let that deadline lapse and nothing changes substantively. Your severance entitlements and your rights as an employee don't change the day after that artificial deadline. So right. I, we, we really appreciate you reaching out, uh, Shuvro, it's a It's a great question and a great lesson for all of our employees out there.
3: Yes. That's good.
1: Thank you. Nice speaking with you.
0: Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, it's 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 really a pressure tactic. That's all it is, right? To get you to, you know, hurry up and wait, right? To exactly. you have what you're hurry sign and, this.
1: And you know, surprise surprise when they when an employer does that to you, it's probably because the deal is is great for them and bad for the employee. Right. And so, you know, again, that should be a, a warning flag in in the employee's mind. Hey, if they're really pressuring me to sign this, whose interest is that in? It's probably in the employer's interest, yeah. not the employee's.
0: I want to get to Betty here before we take a, a short break? Get to more of your calls, Betty. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging on the line. How are you this afternoon?
4: Oh, I'm fine, thanks. I'm calling on behalf of my friend. Um, okay. She uh, she she fell at work uh, uh, while she was on duty okay. and uh, broke her arm. She had to be operated on, have a pin put in, and that was only about a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. And already her office is calling her. To push her back to work into an office position mm-hmm. um, how should she go about fighting that like I mean obviously she's she's done well enough she's she's an older woman and of course she's um she's, she's not ready to go back to work yet and they're already pushing her she's she, she's going to get workman's compensation mm-hmm. the doctors at the hospital already filled that out for her and 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 the office is already pushing her to go back to work
1: it's it's an excellent question, Betty, and, and your your friend certainly needs advice and help in the situation. I'm I'm conscious of the fact that we're we're just going on break now, as it's 5:30. I'm more than happy to answer that question and answer any other questions you have after the break. If you can just hold on, we'll sure be uh, we'll, we'll be going to break. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Betty. Hang on. And for you as well, plenty of time. It is 613-521-TALK to call in, ask to Alex. Just like that, like everyone's done so far, get your questions answered right here on the Employment Hour. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Alex Luciferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. Still plenty of time for you to call through and ask your question. 613-521-TALK is the number. Email is help at employmenthour.com. Betty, thank you for uh, hanging on through the break. We'll continue. Alex, uh, go ahead, fella.
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, John. So, and, and just to recap, Betty, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong with respect to any of any of these facts, but just to summarize for our listeners coming back from the break. So your your friend was involved in a fall at work. She was injured. She had to put a pin in her uh, elbow and obviously take some time off uh, of work to heal up and, and recover. And it sounds like her employer is giving her a hard time, asking her when she could come back, whether she could come back, it sounds like, to modify duties. Um, and, uh, and she's, she's obviously concerned for her job and, and, and is worried about, about the pressure that's being exerted on her from her employer. Uh, yeah. All of that right, Betty? Yeah. Yep. Good. Okay. Um, and, and you know, as I mentioned just before the break, that's a, that's a precarious situation for an employee because employers will try and uh, take advantage of employees in that situation. Uh, but your friend should know, uh, Betty, that an employee uh, who is on a medical leave like that is very well protected in the eyes of the law. So she has every right, subject to the opinion of her doctor, to take a medical leave of absence, to take the time to heal up. uh, And she has the option, uh, according to the opinion of her doctor, to return to work on a gradual basis, on a part-time basis, on modified duties, or to simply wait it out and return to work to her job and to her full-time or regular duties. The opinion that ultimately matters in a situation like this, Betty, is the opinion of your friend's doctor. It's going to be the doctor that says what she can do, what she can't do, how long she's going to be off for, and uh, you know, uh, specify any specific accommodations that she requires in the situation. The employer can't make those calls. The employer has no right to say, we want you back now or we want you back on these terms. It's the doctor that says, well, no, she needs two weeks off or she can take four weeks off but and then can only come back on a part-time basis. So your friend needs to have the support of, her, of his or her doctor, uh, provide the company with a doctor's letter or a doctor's note that specifically outlines how long she's going to be off for or whatever accommodations she's required. And as long as she has that support from her doctor and communicates that opinion in the form of, again, a note or a doctor's letter, uh, then your friend is safe. They cannot touch her. They cannot uh, impose any obligations on her beyond that.
4: Uh, they, they can't force her to go back to a job that's not
1: hers? No, she has every right as an employee to go back to the position she held when she left on a medical leave of absence. Now, unless that, and this would be a rare circumstance, but, you know, if that position is for some reason abolished through a restructuring or some sort of organizational change within the company, well, then she would have a right only to go back to a comparable position. But they can't make her go. You know, if she's a cashier or whatever the case may be, she can't. They can't demand that she now go back as uh, I don't know a stock person, for example. She has every right to go back to the position she left. Okay. And if your friend has any other concerns or questions in that regard, if the company keeps pressing her and giving her a hard time, please tell her him or her to reach out to us for a con- to have a conversation. We'd be more than happy to guide her and strategize with with again him or her. And and help her out in the situation. What's the
4: number again?
1: John will give you give, the number.
0: Yep. Thank you, Betty. I'll give it to you uh to you right now. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And you can reach out through email as well. That is uh help at employmenthour.com. Still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions, just like Betty and uh, and the rest. Love having you on, love having them on as well. Six one three five two one talk is the number. In the meantime, termination for cause, as mentioned off the top of the show that will be the topic for the uh, remainder of the show barring any phone calls termination for cause very common it's 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 really employment law basic sometimes we take it back to that for our first time listeners here people that have only caught a show once or twice and just to uh, want to get well steeped in the knowledge of employment law so off the top i mean basically what does it mean to be terminated for cause
1: well the reason why we wanted to talk about terminations for for cause uh, john is because you know as you mentioned it's it's a, it's kind of very basic employment law 101 uh, yeah. Question, but it's one that we get uh, you know each and every day, and there there are so many misconceptions around it. Uh, employees will you know just accept being terminated for cause, and, and for all our listeners out there, what being ter- terminated for cause means is that the employer in ending your employment is taking the position, and this might be this is oftentimes wrongly taking the position that you've done something so terribly wrong, or your employment or your performance at, at work has been so poor. That they're allowed to terminate you and not pay you any kind of severance which whatsoever, literally end your employment that day, that meeting. Uh, we're walking you out, collect your things, you're out of here. We're not paying you a dime beyond what you've been paid today already. That's a termination for cause. And again, it's, it's the employer taking the position that because you've done something terribly wrong, we have the right to do that to you. Now, the problem with a situation like that, and sorry, I'm, 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 uh, I'm getting kind of ahead of steam here, John, and I'm getting mm-hmm. worked up, no, as it's you can probably tell. Uh, now, the problem with, with terminations for cause is that we situ- see situations every single day in which employers wrongly make that decision. They make that decision. They terminate for cause where it doesn't exist. Uh, and, and that's a problem for the employer because in a situation like that, not only is that employee going to be owed severance that employee might even be owed additional compensation because they've been terminated wrongly for cause. That's what a wrongful okay. dismissal is, in part at least. And so that's a, a very precarious situation for an employer. You do not want to terminate for cause where none exists. You are going to get dinged as an employer when that happens.
0: How easy or, or hard for that matter is it for an employer to terminate for cause?
1: Yeah. And, and here's why employers get it wrong so often. The bar for terminating an employee for cause is quite high. Again, going back to the start of the show, I mentioned that the uh, employment laws in Ontario and across Canada generally are quite favorable to employees. So, you know, when it comes, for example, to terminations for cause, you've got to do something really, really wrong. If it's going to be kind of one single act of misconduct, you've got to do something really, really rotten to, to be terminated for cause. We're talking about the worst of the worst. We're talking about theft. We're talking about fraud. We're talking about you know, uh, physical assaults in the workplace, you know, things that, that uh, are, are very obviously and completely contrary to uh, the basic fundamental terms of an employee-employer relationship. Something like that will allow the employer to say, you know what, we're washing our hands, this is such bad behavior that we're ending this relationship right right here and, and right now. And they'd be just, you know, if we were talking about something like theft, they'd be justified in making that decision. Right. Right. The problem is... Uh, companies will try and do this in more minor s- acts of misconduct. And and that's not to say that those acts of misconduct are uh, legitimate or that they should be condoned somehow. Employees do things wrong sometimes, and, and that happens, and people make mistakes. Employers should be disciplining employees in those kinds of situations before they jump ahead to terminating for cause. Okay. Oftentimes okay. they make that leap too quickly. They kind of jumped to the last step. Uh, and listen, employment you know terminations for cause have been called by the courts. This is not my language. It's been called by the courts the capital punishment of the employment relationship. That's how serious this kind of recourse is. It's reserved for the worst of the worst offenses.
0: Con- consequences for being terminated for cause, I guess both for the employer and the employee. what would you uh, what would you say? To yeah so more?
1: so for the employee and and as I mentioned, uh, if it's legitimately a case of cause, you will not get any kind of notice or any kind of severance package. Right. Uh, the other, the other, you know, problem with being terminated for cause. Well, I guess there's there's two more problems. As if getting a severance package or, or no notice isn't enough, you're not going to qualify for EI if you get terminated legitimately for cause, uh, because Service Canada will not uh, will not allow you to. Uh, sure. And thirdly. What are you going to tell your new, your prospective new employer right. when you start applying for jobs? You're not going to have a reference letter. Uh, you're going to have to. You know, it's obviously going to come up in an interview why you're no longer working at your previous employment. You don't want to lie in a situation like that. You'll get called out on it. And uh, you know, so what do you tell your employer? You know, oh, well, I, you know, things didn't work out. No, that's not going to cut it. They're going to want to know a specific reason why. And uh, you know, when you have to tell that prospective employer, well, actually, I did this terrible thing, and they terminated me for cause. Guess what? You're not getting that job. So it, it's, number, yep, it's a so dangerous, it's a dangerous situation for an employee. You want to, you don't want to get caught in that situation. But more importantly, uh, John, the lesson is here. Oftentimes, when employers terminate for cause, they're making a mistake. They're jumping the gun too quick. An employee in that situation
0: needs to get advice. They're they're pulling the trigger way too soon, and and exactly. they often do that. Sometimes it's not even for malice. They just they just they're ignorant about it. They just think they can uh, can pull the trigger for cause when they actually actually can't. right? Yeah,
1: companies think they have a three strike rule, or or uh, right. you know they've got yeah. this internal policy that they think is legitimate, and that's not the way the law works.
0: Six one three five two one talk is the number. We'll get to uh, Claude here before we uh, we take a short break. Claude, thank you for for calling in. Welcome to the show. What's uh, what's on your mind?
3: Uh, Basically, uh, it's in regards to constructive uh, dismissal. Um, Currently, I'm on uh, disability, uh, short-term disability, Mm -hmm. due to uh, an event I had (laughs) just New Year's Eve. Anyways, uh, long story short, I'm a service technician, and I cover Eastern Ontario and uh, Quebec as a backup. Now, looking back, the last three years, I've been, uh, on average, going to uh, Quebec, the province, to do service calls about... uh, 18 days a a year? Uh, Yeah, about 18 days a year on average. Um, uh, Most recently, my company uh, won a major, a multimillion-dollar contract in Quebec, Hmm. which will uh, increase uh, travel. Uh, And I'm just wondering if I can refuse that uh, excessive uh, travel.
1: Excellent question, uh, Claude. And... and, uh your right to mention a constructive dismissal because if this if this new contract that your employer has won is going to change the terms of your employment in a significant way, you're going to have an option there. And your option is going to be to either accept that change and take on that, that additional travel or to say, no, thank you, I'm not interested in that. Uh, the company would either have to accommodate that situation and, and not have you travel and have your employment continue on the terms that currently exist, or you'd have the option uh, of actually... Walking away from your employment, effectively resigning, but obtaining a severance package, anyways. That's what a constructive dismissal is. Now, the question I would have for you in response is: Okay, so they've won this contract. It sounds like you're going to be traveling more to Quebec. How much more, uh, Claude? Because you know, if if it's an extra couple of days a year, that's not a constructive dismissal. It's not right. a significant change. If if we're tripling your travel time, maybe even doubling your travel time, actually. Uh, then that may very well be a constructive dismissal. So do you have any idea how, how much the travel is going to increase by?
3: Uh, the scope of work is about uh, two times 26 uh, over two years. Uh, uh, almost a year's worth of travel uh, compressed into two years. So, uh, yeah, it's a major... So, so you're, there,
1: you're there half of the ta- time, it sounds like.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. We're uh, now 18 uh, days a year yeah. in a province. Uh, and mostly Montreal. This is uh, across Quebec. Uh, major, major travel. Sure, so
1: sure. Uh, uh, And and, and I and I can say, I, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, Claude.
3: How do I prove uh, to the employer that is successive, and uh, or gather information?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I suspect that uh, be, because I've been away, they've been hiding uh, or you know information from me, mm-hmm. and uh, in regards to preparing me uh, and gently trying to push me out the door
4: <laughs> uh, sure. there's right. there's sure. little
3: innuendos and communications and whatnot and uh, I, I, well basically I had a heart attack and uh, they probably feel that I'm no longer able to contribute and uh, I've mm-hmm. been there 38 38 years
1: wow wow uh, good for you
3: yeah continuous employment uh, so uh, a substantial uh, severance uh, sure. and so but I think I believe that they're maneuvering and trying to uh, prevent me from uh, of, uh, obtaining a severance so uh. and
1: they're perhaps hoping that you simply retire or resign exactly. or or walk away in some way uh, absolutely Claude. And, and what I would say is you know to to get into that level of detail so the first thing I'll say is number 1 we can absolutely help you in a situation like this kind of uh, develop and structure a response to the company or simply uh, provide you with the information and the knowledge you need to kind of respond appropriately at least to the to the initial interaction that you're going to have with your employer about this issue uh, I would say that that's probably not a conversation uh, that that's worth having live on air. Let's set aside a time, either you know this week or next or whenever is best for you, as long you know depending on your medical situation and how you're feeling. Let's set aside the time to- a time to discuss either over the phone or in person. You certainly need some advice in a situation like this because I do think, and I could probably definitively say that that is a constructive dismissal. Uh, let's let's set up a time to chat, Claude, because I think you need some some uh, professional advice.
3: Well, that'd be great. Uh, once we go offline, uh, if I could get your contact information, that'd be Absolutely. great.
1: Absolutely happy
0: to, Claude. You bet, Claude. Thank you very much. Here is uh, here is that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour.com. And uh, I got to take a short break here. Still time for you to slide in there with a call if you have questions as well. Six one three five two one talk. This is right here in the Employment Hour News Talk five eighty CFRa. now back to the employment hour with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro on News Talk 580 CFRA. That has been a uh, quick hour, but lots of phone calls. Appreciate it. If you want to slide in one in the last few minutes here, uh, feel free. 613-521-TALK. Other than that, we will get to uh, to some emails as we move on here after the severance pay calculator. Uh, mentioned it a couple times. I know it would come in handy for, uh, for Claude. Of course, after 38 years, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's probably good for two years' pay. But, uh, if you're not in the situation where Claude was, uh, give me some details on the calculator, Alex.
1: Yeah, John. So, the, I mean, the calculator is a, is a tool uh, that our firm created almost uh, six, seven years ago now, something like yeah. that to kind of educate and inform people as to what they're owed when they lose their job. So, you know, whatever you want to call it severance, termination pay, uh, pay in lieu of notice, or term, you know, whatever it is, uh, we're talking about the amounts that you're owed when you get let go. Uh, it's an app, so you can uh, use it on an Apple phone. You can use it on an a- Android. You could go to severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, it really couldn't be easier to use. It asks you some very basic questions: How old are you? Uh, it'll it'll give you a range of ages. What position are you in? How long have you been w- with your uh, employer? You put in those uh, pieces of information, and that's it. The severance pay calculator does the rest. It tell me it tells you how many weeks or months. Of severance that you're owed, what your full severance entitlements are. It's extremely easy to use. Uh, it's completely anonymous. You don't have to put in your name. You don't have to put in your email address. Uh, nobody knows that you're that you're going to use it. It's really for your own benefit only. Uh, it, obviously, if you've been let go, severance pay calculator is the first place to go. It's going to give you uh, a much better idea of what your severance entitlements are than the Ministry of Labor. Uh, and, you know, even if you haven't been let go, quite frankly, yeah. go there, get an idea of what your severance is. If ever you find yourself in a situation where you're brought into a meeting and you've been, you're being let go, at least you're going to have an idea of what kind of severance package you should be looking at. So, you know, severancepaycalculator.com, severance always the first place you should go uh, if you've lost your job.
0: And there's also an employer mode as well. So if you're in the situation where you might have to uh, let an employee go, a good employee and you want to do what's right, you can go to the employer mode. It'll tell you what they're owed as far as uh, pay in weeks and so on and so forth. Mention some emails here, help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to one from Samantha as we uh, trickle down here the last couple minutes of the show. Uh Samantha says after I was let go I signed my termination paperwork without speaking to a lawyer because I was very emotional and under a lot of stress I think my severance offer was not good is there anything I can do about it
1: Yeah so and uh, we appreciate the email uh, uh, Samantha similar to uh, to Chavreau's situation and and uh, the, the his previous call earlier in in the yeah. show the, the short answer and the long answer quite frankly is no if you've signed off on that severance offer uh, there is unfortunately nothing that we can do for you. There are exceptional cases where if you're signed under if you've signed under very clear and obvious duress and we can prove that duress uh, then we may be able to get around that but in the vast majority of cases if you've signed off already sorry there's not much we can do for you
0: now when you say duress that means like uh, you're in the room like here's your severance offer. we need you to sign this before you walk out that door so here 's your pen. Do it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, even that might not be enough, quite frankly, uh, John, because ultimately, again, you should have the wherewithal to to not have the sign on the spot. But where an employer says, sign this or I won't even pay you uh, the the pay that you've actually earned up until today, or if they say, sign this or we're not paying you your vacation pay, you know, if they effectively threaten you and hold something over you in exchange for signing, that is very obviously. Uh, duress, and again, that's something that we'd be able to get around and get your full severance entitlements. But even signing on the spot, you know, if your employer asked you to, that's a 50-50 roll of the dice. I don't know if I'd be prepared right. to advise an employee to, to, to pursue that, if, even if they've signed in a situation like that
0: done for another week. Uh, good work, sir. And to carry on for you as well, you'll want to reach out to Alex or Lior, a member of the team there at the firm. It is simple. It's 1-855-821-5900. Again, always use severancepaycalculator.com. And through email, there's contact there as well, help at employmenthour.com as well. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here, News Talk 580 CFRA.